welcome to Baptist Perspective with Jimmy Barber. Whether you're listening while driving home from work, sitting with a hot cup of coffee, or making dinner, we hope this podcast will be thought-provoking and edifying. Now, here with today's episode is Jimmy Barber. We left our last podcast saying that we plan to show some of the historic details of the struggles and persecutions of Baptists in the new land and their influence in securing religious freedom as outlined in the Constitution of the United States. These examples will not be exhaustive. This should be obvious. Also, I would like to say that the exhaustive labors of Roger Williams, with the invaluable help of John Clark, and the founding of the colony of Rhode Island established true religious freedom cannot be over estimated. However, due to the general knowledge and popularity of this truth, our attention will be devoted to some of the other colonies and their struggles for religious freedom. Likewise, they will not necessarily be presented in a chronological order. Though Virginia was the first colony, we will look firstly at Massachusetts. It is without question that the people on the Mayflower believed that the civil government had the power to regulate and enforce religious beliefs by law. In part, the Mayflower Compact reads as follows, Having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith and honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia do by these present solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and one of another, covenant and combined ourselves together in a civil body politic for our better ordering and preservation and furtherance of the ends aforesaid, and by virtue hereof to enact, constitute, and frame such just and equal laws, ordinances, acts, constitutions, and offices from time to time, as shall be thought most meet and convenient for the general good of the colony unto which we promise all due submission and obedience. In witness thereof we have under, hereunder subscribed our names at Cape Cod the 11th of November in the year of the reign of our sovereign Lord King James of England France and Ireland the 18th, and of Scotland the 54th. Anon, Domini, 1620, end of quote. Note that it reads, For the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith, do by these present solemnly and mutually in the presence of God and of one another covenant and combined ourselves together in a civil body politic for our better ordering and preservation and furtherance of the ends aforesaid, and by virtue hereof to enact, constitute, and frame such just and equal laws, ordinances, acts, constitutions, and offices from time to time as shall be thought most meet and convenient for the general good of the colony, unto which we promise all due submission and obedience. End of quote. Twenty years later, in 1641, 
Nathaniel Ward, a minister, compiled the Massachusetts Body of Liberties, and Article 94, Section 3 stated, quote, If any man shall blaspheme the name of God, the Father, Son, or Holy Ghost, with direct, expressed, presumptuous, or high-handed blasphemy, or shall curse God in the like manner, he shall be put to death. End of quote. However, in 1780, the first constitution for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts was drawn up by John Adams. Article 2 stated, It is the right as well as the duty of all men to, in society, publicly, and at stated seasons, to worship the Supreme Being, the great Creator and Preserver of the Universe, and no subject shall be hurt, molested, or restrained in his person, liberty, or estate for worshiping God in the manner and season most agreeable to the dictates of his own conscience or for his religious profession or sentiments, providing he doth not disturb the public peace or obstruct others in their religious worship. End of quote. As we know, in 1791, the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America was passed, declaring, quote, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances, end of quote. And yet in 1917, Article 46, Section 1 of the Massachusetts Constitution was ratified and adopted which stated, quote, No law shall be passed prohibiting the free exercise of religion, end of quote while a law for the exercise of freedom of religion was not established in Massachusetts until 1917, this was not done for almost 300 years after the Mayflower Compact and some 137 years after the first Constitution of Massachusetts and 126 years after the Constitution of the United States. Nevertheless, Religious fines are still written into the Constitution for the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. The General Laws for Massachusetts, Part 4, Title 1, Chapter 272, Section 36, reads as follows, quote, Whosoever willfully blasphemes the holy name of God by denying, cursing, are contumuously reproaching God, his creation, government, or final judging of the world, or by cursing or contumuously reproaching Jesus Christ or the Holy Ghost, or by cursing or contumuously reproaching or exposing to contempt and ridicule the Holy Word of God contained in the Holy Scriptures, shall be punished by a by imprisonment in jail for not more than one year, 
or by a fine of not more than $300, and may also be bound to good behavior, end of quote. See the supplied link in the documentation for details. Obviously, the God under consideration is Jehovah, or the God of the Bible, because Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost, or Spirit, are also mentioned. It is likely that other states have such laws on their books that are left over from the early days of their establishment. Further research, not only with Massachusetts, but other colonies as well, will show the liberty of religious worship was at first limited to the Christian religion. And while John Adams was liberal in his religious liberty somewhat in 1780, he did not share this view in his earlier days. A wealth of information can be supplied to show the persecution of the Baptist and others in the early days of Massachusetts and the struggle for religious freedom. However, we will limit our study of the colony to three men, Obadiah Holmes and Isaac Bacchus and John Leland. However, the influence of Leland will also be seen as we study other states or colonies. Bypassing a massive amount of interesting information regarding the life of Obadiah Holmes, who lived from 1607 to 1682, and the historical setting of the colony of Massachusetts and the surrounding colonies, we will try to give a snapshot of Holmes and his life. For a fuller history surrounding the life of Obadiah Holmes, I would recommend the book entitled Baptist Piety, The Last Will and Testimony of Obadiah Holmes by Edwin S. Galstad. It may be asked, what is the importance of looking into the life of an obscure Baptist preacher that lived in the 1600s and the connection with our subject at hand and modern-day Baptists regarding Reformation doctrine? Much in every way, and the Lord willing, we will show this in future studies because we are approaching near the end of our time for today. On July the 16th, 1651, John Clark, John Crandall, and Obadiah Holmes journeyed from Newport, that is Rhode Island, to Massachusetts, coming to the town of Lynn on the 19th of that month. The purpose of the visit was to bring spiritual comfort and communion to one William Witter, a blind and aged fellow Baptist, who had invited the three to come to his home. On Sunday, July the 20th, as Clark began to expound upon the temptations to err all around and upon that word of promise made to those that keep the word of his patience, two constables entered the house. With their clamorous tongues, they interrupted Clark's discourse, telling us, that they were come with authority from the magistrate to apprehend us. Clark asked to see the authority for so rude an intrusion, 
whereupon they plucked forth their warrant and read it. This was from Baptist Piety, pages 22 and 23. And also I'm quoting from Gostad's work. But for further details are found in John Clark's Ill News from New England or a Narrative of New England Persecution written in 1652. Clark wrote to England seeking help from Parliament concerning persecution in the New World. The opening sentence in Clark's epistle dedicatory reads as follows, quote, To the Right Honorable and the House of Parliament and Council of State for the Commonwealth of England, the author humbly craves of that mighty counselor, that Prince of Peace, a large donation of the spirit of counsel and of the spirit of courage with a suitable and happy success for the peace, liberty, and enlargement of these three nations, end of quote. I copied this from my personal photocopy from a microfilm of Ill News, which I assume may still be obtained from Xerox University Microfilm, Ann Arbor, Michigan. There are copies on the web and reprints from books of this work as well. A PDF file of this work may be found at the length given in this document. While Clark was giving a narrative of the persecution that was going on in New England in his ill news, Gostad pointed out from a Puritan work by one of their ministers at that time the primary issue that what that of the place of civil government regarding its role in religion. Referring to a work by Thomas Cobbett, Galston wrote the following, quote, This Cobbett correctly perceived was the crux of the dispute between the Baptist and the Puritans, whether in London or in Boston. Baptist views on the limit of civil government more than their views on baptism or church order or human learning or any other single doctrine was their most distinguishing as well as their most disturbing tenet to the Puritan majority, end of quote. That's found in Baptist Piety, page 37. We plan to give more information about Thomas Cobbett in a future broadcast. However, our time is up for today. May God bless you and farewell. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Baptist Perspective. We archive our episodes so you can go back anytime and listen again. Do you have a question about something you've heard or just want to let us know you're listening? Visit us at baptistperspective.wordpress.com. That's baptistperspective.wordpress.com. Thanks again for listening.